Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Well, great to be with you today. Welcome to week two of the Red Letter Challenge. And we are just going for the next five weeks looking at the words of Jesus, those words you might find in red if you have that type of a New Testament. And we're not just reading about them or studying them or memorizing. We are putting them into practice. That's what this is all about, putting the words of Jesus into practice. And you get that, to just talk about something, uh, but never do. It doesn't really grow you. It doesn't stretch you. It really isn't what being a disciple, a follower of Jesus is all about. Uh, You might think about it like this. Uh, everybody's done, like it's been a long, hot summer. You're tired of mowing your yard. So you're telling your kids, hey, would you mow the yard? And, and you know, uh, it's your son, and he uh, comes back in the house hours later. And you're like, well, how'd that go? How did mowing the yard go? And he says, well, I didn't get that far, but I want you to let you know I can now say mow the yard in Greek. I really got it down. And he goes back out. You're like, just, just go mow the yard already. He, he comes back. And he's like, well, no, I didn't mow the yard, uh, but in five different translations, I have memorized how to say mow your yard. Okay, this is ridiculous. You just tell him back out, just go mow the yard already. He comes back in. Oh man, I have organized. I've put a structure. I've put a chart of how to most efficiently, how to best get the best yard mowed ever. You're like, just, just mow the yard. He comes back again. He said, hey, I had my friends over. We sat in a circle. Um, We studied about mowing the yard, everything that's important about mowing the yard. We talked about it. I mean, it was just a great discussion. It was beautiful. And you're like, oh, would you just mow the yard? And if as a parent, maybe you've ever experienced that, just would you just do what I asked you to do? Uh, When I think about it like that, I think about our youngest daughter, um, Mackenzie, and a bit of a mess. And her room was often chaos. And, you know, it was, we, you're part of the family. You live in her household. You know, keep your room clean. Uh, she came back, and, you know, you would see, like, a picture like this. And maybe you know um, this is, like, Einstein's uh, desk uh, the day after he died. And she talked about brilliant people. She did the research. Brilliant people thrive in a mess. And she could tell us about Einstein, about Beethoven, about Mark Twain, uh, Steve Jobs, and the list goes on and on, that just thrive in mess. How brilliant people don't like neat, they don't like organized. And I'm like, none of those people live in our house, right? (laughs) Come on, you just need to keep your room clean. You just need to do what we've told you to do. And last week we looked at Jesus and we were looking at Matthew and just the importance of putting into practice what Jesus has to say, living it out, putting it into practice, how foundational that is as we grow and as we mature and develop as disciples of followers of Jesus. How many of you have ever played um, the game, Simon says? Just own it. How many of you have ever played the game, right? The vast majority of you you know how it works. You have to do what Simon says whenever Simon says it. If Simon says stand up, you have to stand up. You can't say, I heard you say stand up. I memorized stand up. You have to actually do it. 
And so we're doing this adventure. It's sort of like just doing Jesus says. What Jesus says to do, living it out, putting it into practice. And we're talking about being this week. How important it is to just be with Jesus, to just grow, to develop, to mature that relationship with Jesus. But we get that often we've missed the mark. We've not really put into practice what Jesus has to say. I think a great example of this would be if I said the words, great commandment. If I said the words, the great commandment, you'd already know, you know, what scripture we might be referring to. You, you might know that Jesus is talking about loving God with all your heart. And then there's like an equal rule, an, a, a law that is just as important as that. Jesus says in Matthew 22, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And you've probably studied the great commandment before. You're familiar with the great commandment if you've been following Jesus for a limited amount of time. And you understand how important it is. You know, this is like the top stuff when someone asks Jesus, what's the most important stuff? Jesus lists it off. But putting it into practice, that's where things get tricky, right? That's where things can get a little bit sticky. Well, who's my neighbor? Mm, what does it really mean to love? And, you know, it can just sort of go sideways quickly because we can fully understand it. We can memorize it. We can study it. We can talk about it with other Jesus followers. But when we don't put it into practice, when we don't live it out, we've missed the mark. And last week we said that 50%, half of those on the outside that look in and have really poor view of the church, really low view of Jesus followers. For half of them, it's because they've encountered a Jesus follower and it's been an incredibly negative experience for them. Most likely for that 50%, they encountered somebody who wasn't living this out, right? Who wasn't putting this into practice. They encountered a Jesus follower who wasn't that loving. That's why it's so important to put the words of Jesus into practice, to live them out. So as we talk about being, just being with Jesus, being in relationship with Jesus, it's so foundational because all that we do for Jesus is supposed to come out of our being for Jesus. Before we do for Jesus, we are to be with Jesus. Our doing comes out of being. Often when I'm talking to staff, I'll talk about the ministry comes out of the overflow, the excess. In other words, you can only fake it till you, till you make it for a limited amount of time, right? If you're really going to represent Jesus well, if you're going to serve him for the long haul, it requires being with him, receiving from him, and giving out of all that you have received from Jesus. Now, I want you to know that the reason that I'm up here today and, and, and I'm talking about being is because this, this just comes so naturally to me. I might like be the best beer with Jesus ever. You know, I, I don't need to check emails. I'm good to just say no to meeting with people. I don't thrive and live off of a task list. You know, I don't really enjoy doing things for Jesus or for other people. I just like being and if you know me at all, you are laughing, right? Because that is, no, no, th this is hard for me. I am speaking about this because it is incredibly difficult for me. It is a lifelong struggle. 
If you were with your community group this past week, one of the questions that you were processing, you were looking at, you know, like these five things we're going to cover. And you were to say, hey, j just from your gut, what do you believe is going to become easiest for you and which of these five is going to be hardest for you? And, and I was like, oh, being. Being is the toughest for me. I am a doer at heart. I love to do for Jesus. I love to do for my wife, Denise, do for my daughters, do for other people. I just love to get stuff done. It's how I'm wired. And, and to put that kind of stuff on pause and to slow down and just make room and space to just be with Jesus, it doesn't come naturally to me. It is a lifelong struggle for me but it is a struggle that is so incredibly worth it. So the challenge to you, man, uh, if, if being doesn't come naturally to you, the challenge is would you just really lean in hard this week? And we would love to hear your stories. We want you to share your stories in your community groups, but it's just not stories of success. Share your stories of epic failure as well. We learn from all of those kind of things as we learn from one another. So where are you at? Being easy being a little bit harder. If you're like me, you need to be reminded that we are human beings, not human doers. I need to constantly remind myself that doing comes out of being, doing for God, doing for Jesus, comes out of being in a relationship with Jesus. And when we continually mess up the order of these things. Things get messed up, and man, we don't represent Jesus well. We get tired. We just get weary of doing good. We burn out. We want to give up. We want to give in. We want to call it quits. I want you to answer this question, and I believe that for really for all of us, you intuitively know the answer. You might have never thought about this before, but you probably intuitively know the answer. Here's my question. Which of these two people are more likely to walk away from Jesus and his bride, the church? Which of these two people? Someone who makes being with Jesus a priority or someone who makes doing for Jesus a priority? Who's more, who's more likely to burn out, give up, and walk away. What do you think? Someone who makes doing a priority. You got that. You get that, right? In your relationships, you understand that. I am much more prone to walk into the land of a divorce if I am only ever doing for my wife, Denise, but never spending any time with her. If I make being in a relationship, if I make that a priority, I'm in it for the long haul. We get that. We just intuitively understand that. And the same for our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Being is the priority. Doing comes out of being. That's the challenge. In the days ahead, to just carve out that time to just be with Jesus, sit with Jesus, to just relax and be in Jesus. And we're going to talk about different ways to do that today, some very basic things, some things that you might, already be doing, but perhaps some things you've never tried before. Because if you want to act more like Jesus, just be more with Jesus. If you want to be more like Jesus, then be more with Jesus. 
spend more time simply being with him. Some of the things we're going to cover today are spiritual disciplines, and we're just seeing a few of them. Uh, there's much different and longer lists. Uh, we're going to cover the ones that we see Jesus talking about. That's the red letter challenge. Only one of them. Uh, I'm going to give you one thing today that Jesus never talked about that we don't find at all in the New Testament. But the rest are things that Jesus talked about in ways to be with him, to be with our heavenly Father. And in John chapter 8, we, Jesus is talking about being in the Word because we understand that we have a gift. Uh, we have the words of Jesus. We have what happened after Jesus departed, what people had to say about Jesus. We have the things that people did as the church expanded and grew for Jesus and all the beautifulness and all the troubles that came that way. But in John chapter 8, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, Jesus spent time in the Word. I mean, one of our favorite things, right? Do you remember 12-year-old Jesus is MIA? 12-year-old Jesus is missing in action. You know how horrible you would feel if you lost your kids. Now imagine you lost the Son of God, right? You lost the Son of God. And where is 12-year-old Jesus days later? Where do they find him? Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them, and asking questions. And throughout his ministry, Jesus went again and again to the temple and he opened up the scrolls, the scriptures, and he read from them because he understood and he modeled the importance of just spending time in the word of God. See, the more that you spend time in scripture, the more that you're going to be able to easily see what Jesus is up to in the world around you. Do you get that? The more that you just spend time reading the words of Jesus and about Jesus, the easier it is to spot what's going on, what God's up to in the world around you. But there's also this thing that happens. The more that you spend time in Scripture, the easier it is for you to spot when there are things that are being said or there are things that are being done that just don't line up with Jesus. Now, I know this past week the news was all filled with uh, hurricane stuff, but the, did you catch this? Did you see this in the news? The leader of the Russian Orthodox Church, all right? So if you think about the Catholic Church and the Pope, this guy is that for the Russian Orthodox Church. And he sort of made this decree, he made this statement uh, for all of you soldiers who are being drafted, who are serving, if you go out and you're fighting the war against Ukraine, that if you die while you're carrying out your military duty, it just simply washes away all sins. It's like you're all good. And if you've only spent a little bit of time with Jesus, you probably already know this doesn't like pass the sniff test, right? You, you can sort of already smell this BS from a mile away. You get that, you know, I don't think that Jesus talks a lot really about going to war. I don't think there's a lot that really lines up with that in the New Testament. And then you'd be like, you know, and I'm, I'm rather sure that Jesus never said, hey, if you die, you know, in war, uh, that you get a free pass. All your sins are forgiven just for serving in the military. You get that, right? But man, for 2,000 years, governments have been leveraging Jesus and Jesus followers to get what they want, to pursue their own agenda. But it's just not governments, is it? It's like people like me in a position like me 
that will say things, you know, about Jesus or get Jesus followers to do certain things that Jesus himself would never want them to do. And if you want to be able to spot that, because man, if you look at 2,000 years of church history and, and the stains on the bride of the Christ that happened over the past 2,000 years, it's when people are manipulating Jesus' words or manipulating Jesus' followers to do things that Jesus would never ask them to do himself. Come on, let's take it very personal. I don't ever expect any of you to simply listen to what I have to say because, well, Doug said it. It has to be true. I hope I always get it right. I know I don't always get it right. I want you to take what I have to say and measure it against the words of Jesus. I want you to spend time in the word of God, just developing and reading through Jesus' words, reading through the New Testament. You develop this New Testament theology that you can really so much easier sniff out when somebody's trying to manipulate you into doing and carrying out their agenda, when it doesn't line up at all with Jesus himself. So that's one way, but another way, another way to be with Jesus, just spend time with Jesus. You'd say, well, Doug, if you said reading the word, you're gonna say prayer and you'd be absolutely right. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus says this, when you pray, when you pray, because he assumes we're all gonna pray, when you pray, Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Throughout the gospels, At least 25 times we see Jesus going off and praying. He modeled it. Jesus, God in the body, prayed to his heavenly father. Prayer time was so incredibly important to Jesus in staying in relationship with his heavenly father. That's why it's so vitally important to us. So if you're looking for a way to just be with Jesus... Just spend some time in conversational prayer with Jesus. You say, I'm so busy, Doug, on your commute to work, when you're doing yard work, when you're getting a shower. There's plenty of time to just be with Jesus. Don't let anybody tell you there's just one right way to pray. Jesus gives us some clear examples. Get away by yourself. Get quiet. Shut the door on the world around you. Don't let all those things flood in and just be in prayer with Jesus. So the challenge this week is just be. Spend some time talking and listening to your heavenly father. Spend some time just being with Jesus by being in prayer. And it's tough, right? It's tough if you're used to always going, 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 doing, doing, always hearing everything around you. It's tough to get quiet. Gonna give you 60 seconds right now. 60 seconds to just be with Jesus in prayer.
Amen. For some of you, that felt like an eternity, right? You're like, oh my words. For some of you, that just went by like a blink of an eye. But just to be in relationship, just to have that conversational prayer, it's a great way to be with Jesus. Another way to be with Jesus, another one that Jesus talks about is worship. Uh, Jesus, uh, we're in Luke chapter 4, and verse 8, he says, The scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then what we know, and we see this in Luke 4, and we see this in other places, like all of these practices. Uh, When Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, his boy at home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. This is just a part of his regular practice. This is where Jesus took his closest followers. This is where he took the disciples. He made space. He made time. He made priority to worship. And while prayer for Jesus was very often private, worship for Jesus was very often public. And you get that. That's, that's why you're here. You understand the importance of corporate worship, of singing, of praising, of reading scripture, of just being together with Jesus in worship. But it isn't just the corporate time. If you don't have some private time uh, where you just worship your heavenly father, maybe that's the new one you want to try out this week to just be with Jesus. Maybe for you that means blasting like some praise songs, uh, you know, in your home or as you drive. Uh, Maybe that means, you know, reading scripture out loud. Maybe that means just praying and praising God verbally, just putting it out there, praising God. Now, here's a bonus piece I want to talk to you about, a piece that I said Jesus never talks about throughout Scripture, a spiritual discipline that can be so great for so many people, and that is journaling. You're never going to find Jesus talking about journaling. You're never going to find any New Testament writers talking about journaling. Uh, We understand that probably best case scenario, less than 3% of the population at that time could write, right? No, back then, you know, you're talking about a very minority of people could write. So nobody's going to talk about journaling. But journaling can be such a great way to express and worship your Heavenly Father, to deal with some of the stuff that's going on on your inside. And you have a piece of paper there. And if you're at home, you can grab a piece of paper. You're here. You can grab your phone, whatever. And I'm going to give you another minute. And I want you to pick a sentence, just a sentence, Jesus, you are, and just write some stuff. Or Jesus, I want you to know that and put it out there. Or Jesus, I am. Because often if if you're not getting this stuff out first, it's harder to get to some of these things. Going to give you just once again 60 seconds. And I want you to write it out. And this is just for you. You're not dropping this off anywhere. This is for you to tuck in your Bible, to tuck in your pocket, wherever else. It's a part of journaling for you. 60 seconds.
All right, I confess. I lost track of counting Mississippis in my mind. Maybe that was a minute, maybe shorter, maybe longer. I'm not really sure. Uh, another way to just be with Jesus, so one way that he modeled uh, and lived life was that of solitude and silence. And again and again, we see Jesus just going off by himself or going off with his disciples to get away from the crowd. In Mark 6, um, you might be familiar with the story. Uh, this is the intention. It was an epic fail uh, on their part. But then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He, he said this because the disciples, man, they were, there were so many people that were coming along and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. They were like wore out tired. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Now, in the scripture, it doesn't work out because the crowds followed along the way. But we know that Jesus would love to get away, to get quiet, to find that place of solitude and silence. And maybe this is the toughest part of being with Jesus for some of you. Just to turn off the world around you, just to be quiet, just to be present. Some of you, you practice this, you know, it might be for a few minutes every day. Some of you go off on a retreat several times or once a year to silence or solitude. Some of you, the thought of this, it just sort of drives you crazy. But there's something so rich about having that quiet space, turning off all the screens, turning off your phone, a place where nobody's going to bother you to just be quiet with Jesus. This past Wednesday, I was up in Hershey for a meeting and I blocked out an hour to practice silence and solitude. After my meeting, went to this place where I just love to hang out. You know, it's a beautiful day, beautiful flowers and gardens, everything else. And I had this great idea. I'm just going to be with Jesus and quiet and solitude and push away the world and everything else. But there's emails to do and there's a sermon to write and there's all these other things. And, you know, I just push all that out. And then my brain just keeps coming back. You know, where's this hurricane going to hit? I used to live in Florida. I have family and friends in Florida. And I got to tell you, my hour of silence and solitude was an epic fail. Okay. And that's why I want you to know that when you share stories with people in your community group or you even email them, it doesn't have to be all the positive stories. There are going to be things you try and it just doesn't work. And that's why it can be a struggle. And that's why it can be a lifelong struggle. But the struggle is worth it. Another way to be with Jesus. It's that of fasting. Jesus talks about when you fast. Fasting was a part of life. Jesus began his public ministry. He went, remember, to that time in the wilderness, and it was a time of fasting. And often when you think about fasting, what do you think about fasting from? What do most people think about automatically? Food. Everybody thinks about food. I have a bit of a different assignment for you. Uh, as you think about fasting to just be with Jesus, here's some ideas for you for ways to fast. Let's look at that next slide. Not from things that bring you joy. Uh, that's not what we're talking about for this time, for just being with Jesus. I want you to think about it like this. I want you to fast from things that distract. I want you to fast from things that increase your anxiety, from things that keep you from God, right? So if all your time in social media brings you joy and doesn't cause you any anxiety, keep all your time in social media. But boy, if you ever leave those times feeling a little bit more anxious or a little bit less joy, 
It's a great thing to fast from. Maybe watching the news brings you joy and doesn't bring any anxiety. Maybe not. Maybe you just need to take a break and fast from all of that kind of stuff. But I want you to find something. Find something that just for a week or two weeks or this entire series, if you're really brave, whatever it is, find something that you can push to the side to make more room for God. Because most people, what do they say? You know, I have no time, man. If you knew how busy I was, I'm always running, I'm always running. I have no time. But we learned this, that on average, for an adult American, we have an optional six hours of screen time a day. The average American spends six times, six hours a day on their screen. That's six hours if you just gave some of that up to make more room for God, to make him a priority. And those are some of the ways that you can be with Jesus. But let's go the whole way to the connection card slide, Doug. And, and these are some of the things I talked about, some I haven't. Uh, one, I want to mention, you know, confessing sin. So often we have a hard time being with Jesus when, you know, we have some stuff we've not confessed, we've not made right. It, it's a great way to start. For some of us, you know, you've been hurt. Uh, maybe your trust in God is faltering. Maybe your foundational piece of just be with Jesus is what would it look like to rebuild that trust? But what would it look like for you to prioritize your relationship? I often give you, uh, I'd want to give you this advice. Don't make the things we're talking about part of your task list. Because isn't that the temptation? I'm going to make these things a task list. Read my Bible every day. Spend time in prayer. Task lists are about getting things done. Uh, some of us, we feel really good when we get to check them off. Don't make these things part of your task list. On, if you were to spend time with a friend or uh, going on a date, uh, you don't put that on your task list, right? That, that's not the way you do it. You put that on your calendar because calendar is about priority. Calendar is about relationship. So for some of these things, would you just schedule them on your calendar? Because if you put it there, if you make it a priority and then you hit that mark and you do it every day, it'll help be with Jesus, build that relationship with Jesus. And I want you to continue to remember that our doing comes out of our being. So that's your challenge. Talk about it in your community groups. Talk about it with people with you. But spend some more time this week just being with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we get to be with you and be in relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. For some of, this, uh, for some of us, this is easy. Uh, for some of us, man, they're going to model the way. Uh, they're going to teach us. They're going to show us. For others in this room, man, this is a struggle, and it's something that we're going to struggle with for the rest of our life. This week, may we take on that challenge to just be with you, to make it a priority, to put it on the calendar, to try something new just those pieces that help us develop and grow in relationship with you. May we understand that if we want to be more like Jesus, then we need to be more with Jesus. May we take the challenge seriously. As we dive in, may we represent you well, Jesus, to a hurting and broken world around us. May we draw people to you and draw people to your bride as we put into practice the words that you have given us. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org. Thank you.